Support your favorite local businesses during this challenging time at supportlocal.usatoday.com. Buy a gift card now. Use it later and help save a business or two. Buy a gift card at supportlocal.usatoday.com. There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans, a pre-draft edition. I'm uh, Gentry Estes, sports columnist at the Tennessean, joined by... Eric Backrack, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. In this world where there are no sports right now, the NFL actually has kept their foot on the gas uh, with their offseason. We've gone through free agency, and now next week it's going to be a unprecedented NFL draft. And Eric, I, for one, am really glad that we have this to talk about. So good on you, NFL, for going forward with it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because kind of just looking around at the rest of our sports staff here at the Tennessean, you know, the, the rest of the guys are kind of um, in, in this weird sort of uh, just spot where, where their teams and, and their leagues uh, are just, they've, they've come to a screeching halt in, in the NFL. Fortunately for sports fans here in Nashville and the country, uh, has just not stopped at all. So, so we've been kept busy, um, which has kind of been a nice sort of distraction in the midst of all of this. And, uh, you know, the Titans have been busy. It's been a busy offseason to this point, busy free agency. Uh, it has kind of uh, been more of a gradual slow burn than in years past. A lot of that is, is kind of just due to the uh, nature of, of uh, what's going on and, and how you know, everything has to be remote, everything has to be virtual. Uh, it, it's tougher to get medical sort of checks on, on different guys, and, you know, the draft included. So all of it, it sort of just makes for a really uh, fascinating situation. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, we have the draft coming up next week where the titans uh have the 29th overall pick a bunch of different directions they could go uh should be interesting gentry yeah and you know kind of like a fantasy football draft right so you're you're going to have all the the participants for each team at home um the nfl is going to put cameras with the gms and the coaches for every team uh in their home so we'll, we'll see how that goes and i i think each team's probably prepared as much as they can but when it gets to draft time and that clock's running and you don't have a room full of people, um, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that goes because, um, to me, I think it will make even more important the role of the GM, uh, the guy making this decision, uh, because what's going to happen, I'm sure you'll have different people with input, but this is not going to be a scenario where there's going to be a lot of discussion, at least as much as normal, I think. This is going to be the kind of thing where each team is probably going to need to have a really good idea what they want to do before it happens, maybe even more than normal. You know, I definitely agree. You know, I was, I was kind of thinking to myself, what, what if, like, the power goes out at, you know, a, a GM's house or, like, a, a scout's, you know, a prominent scout's house? What, what kind of, there's just so many interesting situations that, that just are kind of born from this. And I agree. I think a lot more is on the GM's plate. I think um, sort of the lead-up when you, when you don't have, you know, your entire staff sitting next to you in a room, uh, sort of the lead-up to each pick is, is um, you know, just going to be much different for, for each uh, guy making a pick. So uh, it, it's just going to be a really interesting situation, uh, you know, never mind the draft itself, just how guys are picked. That in itself is going to be really fascinating this year. 
Um, and then, of course, what the Titans do, what they don't do, they trade up, trade up, trade down. Um, you know, there's a lot of possibilities in there for them. Well, and let's say if you're on a conference call with people on your own team, how difficult is it going to be for other teams to get in, to, to, to be able to get in that? Um, like, so I, I think you're going to probably see fewer trades because of that, because there's just going to be the idea of working the phones becomes totally different when you need those phones to talk to your own people as well. And so I, it is, it's going to be fascinating. We'll, we've never seen anything quite like this. We're probably never going to see anything like this again. Um, and, but if you're the Titans in every NFL team, you got to go. You got to go do your job here. You got to get the best players, have a good draft. Uh, despite the fact that you know the communication lines are going to be jammed, but also your scouting is probably not going to be as thorough as, as you would like it to be. In some cases, you're going to have to take some chances on some guys. Eric, one thing I thought was interesting: we had a call with with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel a couple weeks ago, and and Robinson was asked. Would he have taken Jeffrey Simmons last mm-hmm. year without the opportunity to have met with him face to face? You know, given some of the concerns and, and baggage that that, that that pick had last year, it's a great question. It really is because this is something that I think every team is going to have to face. Where you know, when it comes to the the intangibles question, uh, the feel you get talking to a guy is totally different when you're doing it virtually as opposed to bringing a guy into your facility and really getting to know him. And, and I, I think there's going to be more leaps of faith from teams throughout this whole draft than there would be normally. It's just going to have to, that's just how it's going to have to go. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's a, you know, a big factor when you talk about just the fact that the Titans are so, you know, that the culture in the locker room is, is such a big part of, of who they are, what they do, even their success. Uh, you know, we've seen that kind of, the, the, especially the past couple of years since Mike Vrabel has been there, you know, with, with how much of a roller coaster 2018 was. And, and um, uh, again, just looking at this past season, how they started 2-4 and four and, and, you know, had sort of every chance to crumble. But um, the resolve in the, the locker room, I, you know, I think was an intangible um, part of, of what happened. Uh, but So, I, I, you know, I certainly think that there's going to be more leaps of faith, as you said, in that regard. And then also, you know, when it comes to sort of trying to medically size up guys, um, you know, because there, there could be guys out there that, uh, you know, maybe you didn't have a chance to get a, a full medical read on, and then, uh, you know, this, this outbreak hits, and nobody really has a, a clear read on maybe a prospect that, that was hurt this past season, um, and, and uh, you know, that, that sort of affects his stock. Uh, maybe, um, as you mentioned, there, there's more kind of, just risks, risks that, that teams take and, and um, kind of just uh, taking more chances. So, it, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting um, from that, that standpoint as well. And, and uh, you know, something else is that I, I think there's going to be a lot more talk and more talk before the draft, you know, for, for a guy like John Robinson, who I'm sure is working the phones, um, you know, all the time, even now, just to sort of uh, prepare, maybe get a better feel for, for uh, what other teams are thinking if, again, if, he, if he's looking to trade uh, down uh, in, in a scenario like that. I think talking with other GMs now is, is um, you know, the prudent move just because, as you kind of alluded to, it's going to be really hectic come draft day when you're on the clock, uh, when you don't have the guys beside you and you're, and you're you know, you're on the phone with them, uh, trying to get on the phone with somebody outside the organization. 
is, is going to be an ordeal in itself. So there, there's a lot of sort of variables in play with this, um, and, and there's just a lot of adapting that every, every GM, every team is going to have to do, uh, and it's just going to make for a really interesting situation in a draft. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, for the Titans specifically, this, you, you could say every year the draft's important. I, I think for, for the Titans, falling to 29 because of the way the season ended not an ideal situation only because over the course of last season I don't think this was a team that would be picking 29 I think everyone would say that there were more needs on this team than you would normally see at a team at that stage of the draft and they make the run in the postseason and it is what it is um, I feel like going into this offseason the Titans really needed to make some moves to get better. I, I think when you make a run to the AFC title game the way they did, there's a real or there, there's there's a sense that okay we've arrived. Uh, we just need to keep our, the, the main pieces we have and, and just tweak a few things, but we're, we're where we need to be. I'm not sure the Titans are. Uh, if you look at what they've done, that yeah they they kept Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Those are the two big check marks, but. At this point, it looks like you lose Logan Ryan. You certainly lost Jack Conklin. And you also lost Terrell Casey. And, and that was a move that at the time, I think we, we envisioned that being a salary dump towards something bigger that yet that has not happened yet. Um, I still feel like there's some bold moves out there for the Titans to make, and they need to make them. I don't feel like this is a team that that is where Kansas City is or maybe a couple of other teams at the top of the league right now in terms of, of having the pieces that they need to be a Super Bowl team. I, I feel like things kind of fell right at the end of last season for the Titans, and they showed that potential, but they've shown that potential before over the last few seasons. And this draft to me is going to be interesting because, okay, you're at 29, you're, 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 you're going to get a good player if you, if, you, if you pick there, but you may not get a, an instant starter game-changing type. So... To me, I think the door is open for pretty much anything here. I mean, I guess, Eric, most people are thinking if they do pick, it's probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, what are the chances you, you trade up or even trade down to try to, to build the number of picks you have? Because right now the, it, it's not a high number. Necessarily. I guess they added another seventh-round pick, but what are they got, six or seven total picks? They've got seven total picks, three in the seventh, uh, one fifth, and then one in each of the first three. So you can improve on that for sure. I mean, if the goal is to kind of stack the numbers, but if you need that game-changing type player, I don't know what are the chances you you do make a bold move and you trade up to try to get, let's say, one of these star receivers that probably won't be on the board after the middle of the first round. Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting question. I I personally think that that they're more likely to trade down. You know, I think among the biggest uh, sort of holes on the roster, so to speak, in, in this case, is is just depth. I, I think, you know, they, they've lost a lot of um, key guys, even beyond the guys that you've mentioned, um, just in, in terms of depth pieces. I, you know, I think the glaring holes on this roster that, you know, that you absolutely need to address before the start of the season, the, the, the big three to me would be cornerback, because as you mentioned, Logan Ryan seems unlikely at this point to come back. You also lost LaShawn Sims to free agency. So uh, honestly, just looking at the cornerback depth chart, uh, that that needs to be, it's way too thin right now. You've got Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, 
uh, Kareem Orr, who is not, you know, a lock by any means to even make the roster. Uh, and then Chris Milton, who, you know, is a special teams player. You know, I think he's played like 10%, probably less than that, of, of a team's defensive snaps since he's been in the league. So you absolutely need depth there. And you need, you know, somebody to fill in, to replace sort of just the, the, the guy that Logan Ryan was, um, you know, if, if in fact you don't resign him, which again seems unlikely at this point. So that, that would be the biggest need to me. And if they stay at 29, to me, that's the most likely spot that they go because you could certainly get a good corner at, at that spot. I, you know, I think beyond the first two cornerbacks, you know, I, I think there's a chance that teams take any, any number of the next, let's say, four or so from 20 to even, you know, pick 50. Uh, I, I just think a lot of that is subjective from that point on. You know, so I think the Titans could get a good cornerback in that, in that range. And then beyond that, you know, I, I think you certainly need a compliment to Derrick Henry. You need a number two running back to replace Deion Lewis. Ideally, you know, a, a change of pace, third down, pass catching type running back. Uh, and then you need a backup quarterback. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of positive has sort of been said about Logan Woodside. From the coaching staff, we know Mike Vrabel really uh, loves him, loves his attitude, his worth, ethic, all that. And I think it's fair to say that he's taken strides um, over the past year. Uh, but is, is that the option you feel most comfortable with moving forward as your backup, just knowing that Ryan Tannehill, you know, has not had, um, you know, this, this immaculate track record for health, uh, just given... i tell you, if, if anything learned how valuable it is to have a good backup, it was the Titans last season. Yep, they were, they were the prime example in a year where you know, the backup quarterback all across the NFL really uh, became, you know, a really prominent role. So, uh, you know, they could address that in free agency or, you know, they could uh, look to, to get somebody middle, middle to late uh, in the draft. You know, I think there's some options out there. I don't think they um, look early uh, to, to address that need, um, you know, just because it's not the urgency factor isn't there necessarily when you have a guy that you just locked up for four years, $118 million. Uh, but I think those are the three biggest needs. And then I think you've got, you know, some depth issues uh, at offensive tackle for sure, wide receiver maybe, and uh, defensive line as well with Jarrell Casey leaving. So really there, there's a lot of different directions the Titans will, could take. Uh, you know, the fact that they're picking 29th and to me kind of susceptible to, to trading down just because, again, I, I think depth um, is a big thing. If you could get maybe... Uh, you know, an extra second round pick out of out of that first round pick that you have by trading down. I think, you know, that that might not be a bad move if you see value, if you see similar value, you know, in picks, let's say forty to sixty, you know, to to pick twenty nine. So, I, I think so many options are on the table for them if they do stick at twenty nine. To me, I think the move is probably cornerback. Well, and and you look and when you're picking twenty nine. The question's going to be, do you feel like you can get a guy who's an instant game-changer for you at that spot? And, you know, maybe at cornerback that, that you've seen it before, um, where, where guys can get picked in that range and make an impact immediately at corner. Edge rusher, maybe not quite as much defensive line. That's, that's usually a spot where you need to grow a little bit, although Jeffrey Simmons came in and played right away. But I think he was a bit of an outlier there. Um, you know, our... If they did want to take a swing late in the first round, I think some awfully good running backs are going to be there. Um, if you now maybe DeAndre Swift from Georgia is gone, but you got a couple others, Dobbins from Ohio State, a couple others that that 
might fit what you want. If you wanted to take a swing like the first round, running back might be a good spot. But I tend to agree with you where it's pretty obvious and a little different from, from the, the recent past in that the questions right now for the Titans seem to be mostly on the defensive side of the ball. You, you, can, you can pretty much look at the offense right now and get a starting 11 out of what they got. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's no small feat to sort of have your starting lineup for an offense kind of already uh, built in. Uh, you know, they had it built in late March when they re-signed Dennis Kelly to replace Jack Conklin at right tackle. Uh, you know, I think I think if he's the starter, I think you're fine with that. Um, I think certainly if if you bring in, you know, let's say a, a day two offensive tackle from the drafts, I think he's somebody that could could compete uh, with Dennis Kelly in training camp. Um, you know, depending on on exactly what what kind of training camp we get this year, uh, but he's somebody that could compete with him, maybe push him, uh, and if he doesn't end up in that role. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a chance to learn, to, to sort of sit behind Kelly and, and Taylor Lewan um, and just kind of develop there. So I, th- I think that's a good situation. And, uh, you know, I, I think offensively, we kind of talk about how, uh, you know, just going back to your, to your earlier point about how the Titans are kind of, you know, looking to, to sort of build off of what was, you know, a year in which they uh, came a win short of the Super Bowl and, and kind of, um, you know, I, I don't want to call it fluky, but, I, you know, I think a lot of sort of uh, national guys out there really aren't putting a ton of stock into, you know, the, the Titans' chances of doing it again this upcoming season, which, you know, a lot of it goes back to the fact that you lost Logan Ryan, Jarrell Casey, um, Delaney Walker, Lo, uh, Logan Ryan. You know, there's a lot of missing talent uh, from this team that it had a year ago during its run, but... I think if you could get a couple of really impactful guys in the draft, um, you know, you, you've, you've helped yourself uh, at edge with, with Vic Beasley, who I think on a prove-it one-year deal uh, could come in and have an impact. I think Jeffrey Simmons this season, uh, you know, I don't think he was playing at 100% last year. I think he comes in, steps in, fills in nicely for uh, Jarrell Casey. And, I, you know, I think that group, for the most part, might not even miss a beat. Um, just because I, you know, I don't think we've seen uh, Jeffrey Simmons' full potential. You, you swap him in for Jarrell Casey. You still have Daquan Jones uh, as, as sort of his sidekick on the defensive line. You add a, a veteran like Jack Crawford, uh, and the Titans. You know, they don't they don't play with. Um, you know, often they play with with just two defensive linemen on the field. You know, as as they run the nickel. So, you know, I think they could get away with that and be fine. Um, again, to me, I, I think the key here is is adding an impact guy at cornerback, um, and I think you might be in okay shape if you could help help yourself with depth um, at other key positions. But you know, I, I don't think they're that far off if the offense, um, you know, is is proves to not have been a fluke from from this past season, and continues to do, uh, you know, or at least uh, is within the realm of of what it was accomplishing this past season. And I don't think. You know, it's a stretch to uh, think they're they're capable of performing. You know, let's say within ten to fifteen percent of of the offense that was averaging over thirty points a game this past season. I just I just think you know they've kind of caught lightning in a bottle with that combination of Tannehill and Henry. You know, so I think with that as the foundation for uh, you know their their success, I, you know, I think that's something to build on. And um, you know, I, I do think they have to improve defensively, uh, which as you mentioned is kind of um, you know, different than, than in years past. But I think if you can do that, if you could shore up cornerback, add some depth pieces, 
uh, at a few other positions. I, I think they're in good shape, uh, and I think it'll be them, you know, in the Colts in, in the AFC South this season. We'll see what happens. Here, here's what I'd like to see, and, and certainly on cornerback. I mean, you saw last year when, when Malcolm Butler got hurt, that was an issue. You had to, you know, you had to sign a guy like Tremaine Brock and put him on the field right away uh, during that run. And, and I actually, you know, Brock for a guy who just came in from another team played pretty uh, pretty well down the stretch in a, in a tough spot. But a lot of that, I think, had to do with guys like Logan Ryan and the leadership, t- teaching him quickly to get up to speed and. Um, Logan Ryan, to me, is a big loss, and I know he probably wants a good bit of money at this stage in his career, and you can make a case for a cornerback his age, it wouldn't make sense to do that, but that that's one that I wasn't so sure you want to let that guy go. I think he was a big part of what they did, so you're not going to find a guy in the draft, and, and certainly not at 29, I think, that's going to come in and give you the impact of a Logan Ryan, not just on the field, but in terms of, of being leadership on the team. And I think leadership's a real question when you're talking about losing guys like Jarrell Casey and Delaney Walker. I mean, that's, that, that's going to be a topic as this next season approaches. What I would like to see offensively, and I, I, I certainly believe they're closer on that side of the ball right now than they are on defense, but they need some speed and a big play guy to get down the field and take the top off a of defense at receiver. They, they, they didn't have it last year. Um, you feel like with Corey Davis now getting toward the end of his contract, he probably doesn't have a, a, a big future with this team, the way it's probably going to work out. So you've got A.J. Brown, and what else, really? Adam Humphreys, I guess, is playing now. He's more of a slot guy. I, I think that you can – receiver is a spot that I think that people aren't really talking a lot about this, that the Titans need help and have needed help all along, in my opinion – uh, if you can get one of these speed guys to, to take stop off a of defense, this is, an, this is an entirely different look for that offense, and, and they're able to do something. I think really the question, Eric, if you look at the team right now, you have a hard time saying how are they better now than the team that was on Can- the field in Kansas City in January. Yeah, and I, think, um, I, I don't think they are, honestly. You know, and, and that's, that's part of what goes into to being a successful team is, is trying to retain – as many of your own guys as possible, which, you know, even John Robinson kind of said that, that this offseason was different in that regard, just, just trying to keep as many of the guys uh, on his team with, with so many. I think the number was something like 22 uh, impending free agents uh, at the start of, of this offseason, which, you know, is a really big number. Um, you know, so he did his best to, to keep as many of those guys in place as possible. I, I don't think they are, you know, as good is the team that, w- that we saw um, in, in the middle of January. Um, and, I, you know, I agree. I, I think if they can get, uh, you know, one of the, the speed receivers, uh, you know, I, I think to me a name, you know, to keep an eye on, uh, and I was just talking about this guy with, with our producer here, Nick, uh, is K.J. Hamler uh, out of Penn State. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that's drawn a lot of comparisons to uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who, who the Ravens took in the first round last year. You know, he's, he's only 5'9", but he's a real burner, take the top of a, a defense type receiver that, to me, if he's available, still available in the second round, when the Titans pick, which, which is not a guarantee, I think he sort of projects as maybe an early to middle second round pick. Uh, if, if he's on the clock when the Titans are up at 61, you know, I, I think that that could be a no-brainer type selection, just, uh, again, given, you know, 
sort of the, the concerns he raised about the receiving group. And, and uh, you know, again, this is a group that will be missing Tajay Sharp, who they lost to free agency. You still have guys like Kharif, Khalif Raymond, uh, Cameron Batson, uh, you know, between those two guys. I, I don't think they keep both of those guys because they have a similar skill set. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I don't think Corey Davis is with the team unless something changes this upcoming season beyond 2020. You, you have A.J. Brown as an emerging, you know, number legitimate number one receiver in the league. You hope to get more out of Adam Humphreys. But if you could add um, a speedy burner to that group, uh, you know, I think that, that becomes a, a real strength. Um, you know, if, if, if let's say you have an A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, K.J. Hamler, I think that's a very legitimate group. Um, with with different skill set, different guys that that do, that do different things well, um, all sort of complementing each other. So I, I think um, I agree. I, th- I think that's uh, an area that has kind of been a little bit overlooked, but certainly uh, could be addressed and could be addressed early. And if they do, um, you know, I, I think that could uh, you know be a, a, a wise decision just in terms of boosting an offense that um, you know has a lot of pieces in place, but uh, you know could still stand to improve, I think that sort of pick could really take it to the next level. Yeah, I think the question is, like, how do you get better, right? I mean, how can they do things a little differently in order to get better? And I think offensively they have an opportunity here because, yeah, you get your quarterback back, you get Derrick Henry back. Those are those huge moves. And Arthur Smith going into his second year. And I, I think most people would would say that went well, uh, Arthur being his first year as a play caller. He, he improved over the course of the season. But by the end of that year, it was pretty clear they're handing the ball to Derrick Henry, and they're doing it a lot, and it worked. But I just feel like you're going to need some more versatility over the course of a 16-game season. I don't think that's going to work week in, week out. I'll give you another name. You talked about our producer Nick being a uh, being a Kentucky guy. Um, If Lynn Bowden is available in the middle of that draft, he all along has seen somebody to me that would be a nice addition for any team because of everything he's able to do. For those who don't know, Lynn Bowden was a receiver, a very good one, a very highly rated recruit at Kentucky who ended up playing quarterback this last season when they needed him to and played it pretty well. I mean, he didn't throw it very much, but he was very, very effective running the ball with that team. And uh, if you you want what the Titans is, you, you want some pieces that, that make things different, that give you some options and some fight offensively that you don't have in an offense where you know the running back's going to touch it 35 times. And to me, a guy like Lynn Bowden would, would be able to bring so many things just in the course of what you could do offensively and the fact that the defense is going to have to account for where that guy is. I just don't know. You know, A.J. Brown it, it proved to be a legit NFL receiver, and I think he improves next year. But how many guys on that offense do you really go to the line of scrimmage and say, we need to, we need to keep an eye on that guy. We need to know where that guy is. Uh, they just don't have a lot of that offensively, at least in the passing game to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, Gentry, do you have a pick uh, prediction for, for 29 right now if the Titans stay there? All along I've said Marlon Davidson at Auburn. He, he, he has made some sense to me as a guy who, a lot of teams don't necessarily view him as the edge rusher type, so he's kind of fallen a little. He might even be like a second-round guy to a lot of people. Um, but he's got some versatility. I think he, he, he can do some things the Titans like to, to do and that they can move him around. 
on the D-line. Uh, I think losing Casey is a concern to me because, yes, as effective as Jeffrey Simmons was, he was effective in a scenario where defenses were or offenses were having to account for Darrell Casey. And now when he becomes that guy that everyone's kind of fixated on, how does that go? I, I, I could... I think some help up front could be could be good. I, I, that's kind of where I've been going all along. If you go corner, I'm not totally sure what it looks like in the sense that are you going to do any better taking a corner at 29 than you are at the end of the second round? Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's why I think my official prediction would be that the Titans trade down and, and just, uh, you know, we know John Robinson is not afraid to pull the trigger on that type of deal. And uh, I think draft capital uh, in this draft, where to me the the, the picks between uh, picks forty and sixty look, you know, very similar to, to the type of value you might be getting at twenty nine and, and shortly thereafter. I think trading down um, makes a lot of sense. If they do stay at twenty nine, um, you know, I, I think you know a popular choice at this point is uh, TCU cornerback Jeff Gladney. Uh, at this point, I, I don't think he'll be there. Just with all the hype that he's getting, uh, I'm about to run a, uh, a mock draft that'll be posted here at the, at, uh, on Tennessean.com uh, in the next coming days. I, right now, I've got AJ Terrell, uh, quarterback out of Clemson, um, as as the Titans pick at 29. I, I just think that that's that's a good player. That's a good player. I think if he's there, you should take him. This yeah. guy's a good player. The question is if he's going to be there. Right. I think that's the question with, with all of these guys. And, and um, there, there's you know a bunch of guys in that cornerback class, I, I think beyond the first two, that are really sort of interchangeable. Depends on fit. Depends on um, you know just, just what teams value, uh, what type of corner they value. A lot of it's subjective. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who's there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Titans trade down and, um, you know, again, see more value to, to get uh, more, more picks with, with value being similar in the late first round and uh, in the second round. And uh, to me, I, I just think corner is, is certainly something that they have to address uh, on the first two days of the draft. Again, if they, don't, if they don't use their first pick, if they don't stay at 29, uh, I think for sure they've got to address corner in, in you know, some fashion uh, on day two of the draft here's my my thing is when you when you get to this when that pick rolls around uh, it's clear that the tight set needs defensively but do you stick to that salad that you know you need to eat or do you chase the uh the, the big cheeseburger and some offensive weapon that falls to that range and you're like gosh do, do we want to take DeAndre Swift he's there um a guy who who could be an instant change guy running back, or if one of the one of the top receivers happens to fall to that range, be interesting to see if the Titans kind of do what they what they need to do, or they kind of chase something offensively. I, given, given how the Titans have gone, have, have usually played this out, they'll probably go with what they need to do more than what they might want to do. Yeah, although you know, I think last year is a good example that kind of points to that with Jeffrey Simmons because this was a team that was better defensively that. Uh, sort of didn't see Simmons falling as far as he did. And once he did, they were, you know, uh, number one, surprised, and then obviously compelled to pull the trigger quickly on a guy that, you know, at the time, uh, Titans had Jarrell Casey, had Daquan Jones. Defensive line wasn't really this glaring need. And uh, they pulled the trigger on a guy that, you know, a year later is in a very prominent role, uh, you know, is a key member of this team. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what direction the Titans go. I, I really do think everything's on the table. I think offensive tackle is still on the table. Although, um, to me, first round, you, you kind of want to get a guy that, um, you know, is able to, to be put into the starting lineup immediately and have an impact. Might be hard to do that at 29. Uh, I just don't see uh, offensive tackle as, as being as urgent as some other positions just because you do have Dennis Kelly. To me, that's a position. Well, a lot of faith, like showing a lot of faith in Dennis Kelly. I mean, you don't sign him the way yeah. they did unless you think he's the guy. Right, exactly. So, you know, I, I think uh, offensive tackle could be something you address in, in the second or third round on day two of the draft. But to me, I, I still think first round, uh, if, you're, if you're going with what the Titans need, it's got to be on defense. Um, you know, I, I think cornerback uh, is, is probably the way they go. But uh, at this point, you know, just with John Robinson's track record, not a ton would surprise me, if I'm being honest. If I had to say what I think will happen Thursday night, yeah, I think they might trade down. Mm-hmm. That, that 29 spot, you can get some other teams who are kind of, you get in those last few picks of the first round and somebody really likes somebody that they, they thought maybe wouldn't be there that is, and then they're, they're, they get fairly desperate to want to go ahead and get that done in the first round and uh, yeah, so you, you see that, and it could be pretty fertile territory for the Titans to, to to boost things up. I mean, when you really look at their needs, when you're already picking 29, again, you're not – There's the odds are against you getting a superstar at that pick, really. And so now this team has some needs, build up depth a little bit. It would make some sense. It wouldn't be a juicy, scenario, juicy storyline for sure, but it would make some sense. Yeah, and I think uh, I think if the Titans make some sense in this draft, I think they'll be in good shape for the season. You know, I, I think John Robinson aced the draft last year uh, with with who he got with with Simmons, with AJ Brown, with Nate Davis. That that was three starters that emerged in the first three rounds. You really can't ask for anything more. And I think you know uh, if if he's able to draft a corner, and then uh, we'll see where he goes from there. Um, it'll be interesting to to give a grade on on what he does this season. Uh, this, this draft, uh, again, to me, uh, would not be surprised at all to see him trade down. Right. All right, well, that will do it for this episode of Talking Titans. Um, if, thank you for listening. Uh, usually we, I'm just inside baseball, usually we have a, uh, a list of uh, some things I want to go over at the end of each episode uh, to tell you how to find our podcast. And I don't have that list in front of me right now. We're a little bit on the fly, Eric and I here. You know, we're we're uh, we're all over the place with uh, with our locations right now, right? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're hanging in there. We're doing the best we can, you know. So, but you can find us anywhere you get podcasts, and we would certainly appreciate a rating. Hopefully, we match that standard <laughs> with this podcast <laughs> to deserve a good rating. But we'll be back with you um, after the draft for sure. And, um, again, Eric, it's, it's good to be talking sports, man. It's, it's, it's a time where that's a, that, that, that's a, that's a nice, nice distraction to have it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think everyone here uh, in Nashville and, and, again, across the country is, is super grateful uh, that, you know, the draft is it's going to be different this year, but uh, at least it's still going on amid all of this, this turmoil. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 